Boyd, 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 Boyd. It's Sydney and Riley, a.k.a. Vince Gibber, the golden witch, the Boyd Gazers. Follow me into the Boyd, touching typically your Boyd dealers. Let your parent order to make you into a joint to bury. We carry all your memories and remix your ancestors. Past the future, have a dozen in your mouth. Riley, if somebody asked you what race you were, what would be like the first answer that would come to your mind? Oh, black. Yeah, black. Before white. Yeah, fuck white people. Before uh, whatever actual like you have some kind of um, Asian mix. Yeah, like uh, so I'm real muddy. We got Native American. Like European, like strong, like British European, I think. Japanese, a couple generations ago. But I was raised by black people. Like, I went into foster care when I was seven, six, seven, uh, and then got out of foster care when I was 13, and then went and lived with my dad for two or three years before I lived on my own. So, like, the amount of time I spent with white people, uh, like, eight years. The amount of time I remember spending with white people, like, two years. Right. Like, it's not. So it's like that's that explains a lot about me. I feel like when people find out like, oh, you were adopted by black people in Arkansas, that makes sense. Like people can kinda like, oh, I get why you're a wigger. Right. Like, I've I've always struggled with like the fact that I don't feel connected to like anything racially or right. like culturally because like I didn't know like growing up through high school I'd have people be like, Oh, I'm one fifteenth Cherokee, and I'm like right. a fourth Irish, or like whatever thing they had, they cared about a lot. If any member of their family had like really been like, oh yeah, like my grandma like makes Irish cuisine, you know, or something like that. That it's like they feel like ooh, I have like some oh, ownership Irish over this person. Irishness, right. you know, even though they're just like an American living yeah. in Virginia, you know, with no experience of Ireland whatsoever beyond what their grandma happens to know. But like, I didn't have anything like that because like my grandma, on my dad's side, eventually did like a deep dive into to our whole lineage right. and we found out that it was basically like as British American as you could get like we came over on the first boats basically sure. on both sides of the family so it's like as far as I'm concerned I'm just white Right. There's no better description. American white. Like, That's your blood. Not even like, like no, I'm just a white I can't person. even say like, oh, like I'm British white because even the, that is so far back at this point. For sure. That like it's yeah. just American. It's just a bunch of people in America, you know, yeah. uh, going back like two, three hundred years. Um, with the exception of my dad's grandparents who were Russian Jews who fled during World War II to America. So it's like there is some Jewish sure. heritage, but my dad was like adopted and baptized by a Christian as a as a child, you know, like, he has no connection to... So the culture cut off. Like, there was a period where me and Vic were, like, called the Jews at school, because that was, you know, like, if... Sure. Somebody has to be the Jew. Right. Victor has really curly hair. It's easy for him to be the Jew, and he loves, like... A lot of Jewish South movies. Park era, and, like, you gotta, gotta be like the fucking Jew. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and he was big into Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld, so he was like real into. He connects to the Jew guilt. New York sense of humor. Yeah, he also uh, likes fucking. Um, what's his name's movies? Uh, Adam Sandler. No, the guy who. Andy Sandler. The, the guy with the. Uh, who like married his like daughter or whatever. Stepdaughter. Woody Allen. Oh, yeah, that one. There was, like, this idea that, like, we were, like, part Jew. Right. I feel no connection to that anymore. It was basically just something that happened in high school because kids wanted somebody to be a Jew that they could call a Jew. Sure. You know? I 
went to so many different schools and so many different like uh, you know culture mixes that for me like it's like like you said it's easier to identify with black people I think because they have a more like identifiable culture than sure. white people in America where like I guess I mean I, well, like, I could identify as a like, golfer like yeah, I just yeah. don't. My idea of what I would consider to be like American culture would be Midwestern culture, which is not necessarily white. It is white sure. in some places, but it's it's the same culture in other places without being white, you know? So like Well in a pure Western culture also. In blood, my family comes from like cowboys and shit. My great great uncle Tom Mix is one of the first silver screen uh, cowboy actors. Uh, and so I was when I was with my family, I was raised heavily to be into like Western culture and the 1800s and like the idea of uh, the rifleman, like yeah, the rifleman and manifest destiny values, shit like that. Like go outside and build your house where you want it to be, and you mm-hmm. can live there. Like my dad did that. My dad's dad had a company where he built houses, and the last house he built was the one that he liked the most. Like you know, just cool. he's, that's why he stopped building houses. He's like oh, I like this one. I'm gonna live here. Yeah. And it's like that's sort of uh, where my dad's side of the family's mentality comes from is that like wild western sensibilities. That's one of the few things that white people get to have is like, oh yeah, it'd be like cowboy poetry and country music and shit like that. But that's kind of like bordering on racist these days if, you, uh, if you're a southerner or something. Just like having a southern accent probably triggers people. Some just people. Th- yeah, like, well, it triggers racists. Right. White yuppie liberal wasps who think that they're better than other people, and who think that like living in Syracuse makes it so that you understand how like the Mississippi population <laughs> behaves. Like you, you'll never understand like how the deep south works. So. No, it's very different. A town where you're not going to run into more than like a couple people on an average day. Yeah. You know, like like I think about if you if you were to like go out shopping or something in Virginia Beach or go to Barnes and Noble, like there's going to be like 50 people at the Barnes and right. Noble, and like that's the number of people that would be spread all through like Star City. Like Star City at yeah. time, yeah, <laughs> no, totally. So like you know like people from like Virginia Beach, you have called it like oh we live in like a big city now and like right. I've had this town called provincial by people before, Virginia Beach, you know, like, people have called it, like, not a city at all. It's a 450,000 person city. It's, like, the 45th, 41st biggest city in the world. See, that's huge to me. Like, Elko, Nevada, where I spent most of my high school years, uh, and where I lived right after that when I was living on my own, 30,000 people. Yeah. Uh, in northern Nevada, so to me, I'm like, yeah, 300,000 people and more. That's fucking a lot. That's, uh, what, 100 times the amount? Ten, ten times, times you know, um, but probably in like <laughs> the same that. land area because I'm sure that place right. is spread out as fuck. Yeah, so. no, it is. I mean, you saw what Twin Falls is like, right? Twin Falls is yeah, forty thousand people, fifty. Right. So, but it looks way. It looks like it would be a lot more than that in terms of land size. Right. But like the buildings don't go more than like two stories, two three yeah, stories. Yeah. I mean, this Nothing shit even like this, like. Never. This the building we're standing in would be one of the taller buildings in Twin Falls. No, totally. Uh, there's one on Main Street that's like three stories tall and it's a flex because it's like where the politicians are in Twin Falls, three stories above you. The people I have the easiest time talking to are black girls. Yeah. And like talking to guys is something that I know how to do because I grew up hanging out with guys. But like when I hang out with guys like you who I like would be friends with basically then it's like I didn't you know I'm gonna act like kind of 
one of the guys sure. in the way that girls do when they hang out with guys. We meant You know, white chicks are, like, a little too, like, white chick about everything. You know, like, they, they yeah. like, they like to... They like to pretend to be one of the guys, but deep down inside, they're, like, resenting that they have to be one of right. the guys ever. And it's like, I think, I don't know, black girls are a little bit more understanding of, like, men in general, because they're just, I don't know, culturally more close together, perhaps, spend more time around each other, more densely knit Angrier? Angrier as I well. black women match the intensity of maybe that's white it. men. Yeah. And, you know, maybe black men take it a little far sometimes with peer-to-peer relationships mm-hmm. and violence. But I feel like I get like, I get to be in this uh, odd position of having, like, um, like, I can be less angry because I'm white, right. but more angry because I'm trans. So, like, I can meet on that level where it's like, yeah. you know. Well, you should have to declare yourself trans-black as well. That's the thing. So that's kind of what I'm coming to with this, is that you and I talk about that. We talk about, like, oh, yeah, like, we're, like, more black than, like, we identify ourselves as black people in our own minds. But... Just saying, if there's a race war... If if I, like, my curiosity is, like, if I say to a black person, like, oh, I see myself as trans black. Right. Is that a compliment? An insult? Are you offended? Like, there's a beautiful Donald Glover sketch on it in Atlanta, yeah. right? Like yeah, the Harrison kid. Yeah, which is hilarious. It's like, but it's like the opposite. It's a black kid who wants to be a white man, but an old white guy. Yeah, yeah he's like, uh, he's like a racist old. I white work man. at a Coca-Cola factory, and he's like just a black high school yeah. kid. I don't consider myself to actually be black because sure. I'm not actually black, yeah. and I know that like. There's a reason that even, like, Logic, who is, like, half black but looks extremely white, gets so much shit for talking about, like, how difficult it is to be mixed. And even though I actually believe that he does struggle, because I've known guys who, like, I've even known just black kids who act act white and therefore are, like, ostracized and treated like they are white. No, totally. So, like... I believe that he really is struggling with something there, but at the same time, it's not the same thing black people are struggling no totally of like literally being on site even if he was like one shade darker he would have way more of a problem you know if I was like one or two shades darker I might get a problem but I'm like very white yeah no totally Uh, and the white privilege stuff people don't want to talk about it but it exists and it's not it's subconscious social stigma shit the thing that people with white with any privilege don't understand about having it is that it applies only in certain places like there's a reason that like also white people won't go to like the ghetto because they think they're going to be singled out for being white you know and that is in a sense like you could say like I'm not going to say it's a black privilege to be able to walk around the ghetto because it's not a privileged position to be in at all, but, like, if you were a black person in an all-white neighborhood, even if you were, like, in the same class as all of them, it's still gonna feel fucking weird to be like, oh, nobody here looks like me, and they all are gonna notice right away. Right, a gay guy in a straight bar, or vice versa, a straight guy in a gay club, like, it's not... It's just always going to be disadvantageous to not be part of the core group that you're around. If you find yourself in a minority position, it's going to be bad. It was difficult to be one of the only five white kids at a black school, you know? And right. not because I struggled to get along with the other kids, because I talked to kids all the time, but people just, like, didn't want to associate with me. So, like, you are a weird fucking person. I don't want to be caught, I spent like, four years bouncing around with, from you know? different schools where people would, when I enrolled, like, single me out and just start treating me like shit. And I'd have to get into fights to prove myself or this or that. Or, yeah. um, and it's, like, just because I was, like, the white kid... 
eventually, like, luckily, I didn't uh, move around that much in those years. So it was like I spent uh, spent four years in three different households during foster care. Uh, all three were black families. But uh, the last year that I was there, I was like one household for a year and a half or something. And by the end of it, everybody there they just considered me a black kid. Um, you know, all I was listening to was whatever they were listening to. All I was watching was whatever they were watching. I ate what they were eating. Uh, and it was, you know, not the foster parents ever, but it was, like, the older kids. Um, like, there was a kid named Jermaine who was four years older than me. Uh, just, like, fucking took me everywhere he was going. Mm-hmm. So, like, if he had friends hanging out with him at school, he'd be like, yeah, come on. And, like, at first it was mostly to rib me and give me shit for being, like, the white kid. Like, it was mm-hmm. totally spectacle sport. Uh, right. We were in... We were in Monticello, Arkansas. There's just such a low white percentage of population there. Kind of, if you can put up with it, people kind of forget after right. a while that you're different. And I mean, I think that's, it's like that with anything, right? Uh, familiarity. Yeah. You get lots of famous black celebrities that are I, viewed almost as white people like James I literally Gabino. think that like, um, that like the reason that, um, like gay marriage finally got legalized was just because there was so much gay TV in the 2000s. Right. Like, so when I was growing up in the 90s, like, I don't know, maybe it was different for adults, but for me as a kid at least, it was like the last thing anybody could possibly be was gay. It's right. like the worst, the only thing you didn't want to be. That's so crazy for me to think of too, because like, yeah. I can't imagine it not being legal to get married to a dude. It's like, like and who cares? Like in the early 2000s, it was like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy was the first like popular gay thing I remember right. being like mainstream. It's like they would, just five gay dudes would give a straight guy a makeover right. or something. Um, or fix his life up or whatever. And then, like, around, like, Glee was when it was, like, it finally cracked through and it just started pouring out and it was like, oh, now gay stuff is just popular, I guess, you know? And then, um, like, two years later, it was legalized. As much as I I always hate, like, all the tactics that, like, social justice warriors use or anybody trying to push an agenda, but I do know that a lot of it works in the end, where, like, the, the big push right now is, like, get black media like stars like build black media empire basically you know like sure. established directors actors uh like brands mythos all based around black characters so that they can have uh you know longevity and everything sure. follow the jay-z method basically of building black empire and uh i think that that's great that that's all happening yes yeah, it seems like it's working you know better for me yeah better for me so we're just saying, yeah, when the race war happens, we're going on the dark side. I mean, it's like it's uh, there's there's a sense of community also that I've never gotten out of people that look like me. People that look like me think that everybody sucks, uh, regardless of race. I think. Yeah. And then I've got like black nationalist friends who are like black supremacists who will tell yeah. me like, you know, oh, I'm better than you because of my melanin. <laughs> shit and I'm like well that's dumb right it's a culture thing it's identity is cultural it's not biological I think that's a big thing that uh, people like me learn by being foster kids is that whoever birthed you doesn't matter the people who are like you can abandon you uh, and community is found in those who accept you for your differences yeah that's like the blackest thing I can think of is being like yo eat light skin yeah. Like from, uh, from fucking Hustle and Flow. Yeah, like he ain't white. He light skin. I I think That's how um, people treated me. I was listening to Lupe Fiasco talk about how he's like, 
you said at one point, I, I gave a similar speech to you, that, like, only, like, 10% of people are worth the shit at all. Sure. Um, only, like, uh, half of those or less will you even, like, have the opportunity to work with because they, like, speak the same language of you as you or whatever. So, like, right. you only really have to worry about 5% of everybody. And, like, he's like, I can't even afford to be racist, like, with that few people. Like, I can't be like, no, uh, I don't work with white people. It's like, no, right. there's a lot of white people who are in that 5% of worth the shit. I want all of those people. I don't care who they are. You know, just as long no, as totally. they understand like what the world actually is, and you know he's big into that like get out of the matrix kind yeah. of mentality. I think we are also I, uh, in that. I find myself completely incapable of caring about like where you're from biologically or what your race is or any of that, just mm-hmm. because of my separation from my identity. Right. Which is what people like usually call me out for. Like, oh, you just you just didn't like have white people around during your life like yeah no, I well, no like, during my formative yeah. years I yeah. was left to my own devices with people who you say are bad who think you're bad I also had like dumb. I had never quite realized how much of a black girl my mom was growing yeah. up as well because my mom went to all inner city schools she only hung out with black girls basically and like she's sort of like when she's with me she's intensely ghetto Right. When she's with other people, like when she's with my dad, she's not. Because, like, my dad is not ghetto at all. He's, like, a white boy, white boy. California right. white boy, you know? God, it's really funny because when I say it like that, it makes me feel like me and Ari are the same uh, type of relationship of, like, white white girl who acts black and California... Uh, white guy? Long-haired and white. My dad was long-haired at the time. But she is no longer allowed to say the N-word in the house because of him being yuppie, so she could only say it to me in text. So, like... That's funny. That's really <laughs> And it's like, it hurts her to not be able to say sure. it. She's like, that's our word kind of, like, mentality, you know? Sure. See, I, I never felt a strong connection with any words, because, like... Growing up, nobody told me not to say it. The black kids called me. Yeah. I called, like, you know. What and then as I got older, I'm, I met enough people who did care about it where I right. developed the sort of opinion of, like, I don't need to say it if it's going to hurt anyone that mm-hmm. I care about. I'm not going to not say it because it would hurt people that don't like me. I don't fucking care about them at all. Right. It's the idea that, like, well, if there's one of my friends out there who feels uncomfortable about it, I'm not yeah. going to fucking say it. At least, like, not uncensored or something. Yeah. Because I don't need, like, a sound clip used against them. Right, exactly. It's like, oh, he said this about, you know, your right. people. It's, it's fucking retarded. Of, of course, anybody who knows me knows that, like, bullshit to think I'm a racist. Right. It's one of the funniest things that people call me online is racist. I've never seen like that a, one, but... We've got, like, a confederate hat and shit. Like, oh, you've yeah, definitely right. seen people call me an alt-right reactionary. I've, I've that means racist. That. Yeah, okay. That all means racist. <laughs> yeah, it does. Alt-right means Nazi. Yeah. Like, reactionary means racist. It's just funny for when people Nazi get... to mean racist because they, well, Jews were... Are they, a, were they considered a race? Like, obviously, is it, like it's just right? a religious practice, right? Like, no, there is a race of Judaism. Okay. So, is it just specifically Judaism people, and Jewish? Like... I don't fucking know. I don't care I about the Holocaust the at all. I don't know anything about the Holocaust. I couldn't care less. I, t- I fucking don't care. So, I don't care at all. Like a, it doesn't have anything to do like with me. Like eighty fucking years ago. Talk to me about slavery, and I still probably don't care. But, but you will watch Django. Culturally, I care way more about slavery than, like, shit that happened yeah. to a bunch of insular Europeans, right? Like, Germans attacking Yeah, I, I fucking love Israel. We're gonna yeah, go ahead and that <laughs> I just, like, don't care about world issues. Yeah. I care about cultural issues. I think the point of this is that you're, the culture that you're raised in 
is the culture that does define you. It has nothing to do with your skin. That's racist. It has nothing to do with your heritage, uh, bloodline, because that can be disconnected from you. You can be removed from it. Lots of American black people have been removed from the cultural heritage of Africa by slavery. Yeah. Um, they don't consider themselves Africans. That's stupid. I don't consider myself a European. They make fun that's of stupid. Africans. Like lots, black lots kids of black kids, I know, don't like Africans a lot. Like, I, I right, remember like just... reading about like even articles about it, like uh, that like African kids like get treated the worst at the black schools because they're just like made it's fun other of being super dark. It's all yeah. otherism. Yeah, I mean, like, like African accents. And stuff. Everybody is different than somebody, and right. somebody out there is always going to find some reason that like, oh, I don't like you. Yeah. So. Well, that's why we try to collect the others. That's, yes. that's, that's my, my, my yes. That's what I consider the void gazers to be is basically the others. The others, you know. Uh, but there's, there's, that's too generic of a name. We have to be the void gazers. Void gazers. All right. Well, that's a twenty-three minute clip. Can I close the guy? Wow, I don't have one hand. Wow, no, that's too much meat for the guy. Maybe. That's what she said. What's up? We're standing here in real nature in Arkansas. By which we mean manufactured nature because real nature is like not. There's not a lot of it. There's that. That's the real nature. That is the realest nature that you as a human are likely to experience. Rain. Rain's not controlled yet. But it will be. Big rain will be a thing eventually. Uh, in Portland, when I was on tour, I noticed the most shocking thing about it was the whole city looks fake. Uh, and that's when I first clicked with what like the Parks and Rec Department does. Uh, outside of Portland, the, for the first 10 miles outside of it, going in and out, it looks beautiful. Like postcard beautiful, but it wasn't like that before people moved there. Right. It had to attract tourists. All the stuff like... <laughs> When you imagine what, like, outdoors looks like, like, right, cars, the outdoors, outdoors it's yeah, you've seen always the... manufactured. Like, Documentaries, if you can see it from the highway, if it, like, when you're on the highway, there's those fences that you see, like, maybe 40 right. feet out, you know, and, like, anything up to that point is good. Like, if there's a fence, like, if you're in Nevada and you see the fence, like, you know, over there. And then right. past that fence is actual nature, which is sure. almost only really in the well, desert. And like usually the it's not, right? Yeah. In the desert, right. there's desert, but that desert, there used to be more stuff there. BLM came in and flattened all of it, removed resources. What you've got in other places are farmlands. So right. if you're driving through a lot of places, that's not nature either. Yeah. That's people's property. Almost. Or well, if it's property. not the desert, it's probably someone's right. property. Yeah, like, if you're, if you're back here, fields, like fields are for a purpose. Like right. fields aren't just like a thing. It kind of sucks, unless you're going way out in the middle of nowhere, finding like cabin-like retreats, and then going out into the nature like this. You're just not going to really experience what Lewis and Clark ever went through in this no. country. You're not gonna. You're not gonna see anything like that. There's very little of it. You got to find the brush to go out into the brush. And it's all owned, like, by the government. There's no, you can't just, like, go out in the woods and make a spot yeah. without somebody, like, having a I mean, you can, and they probably won't fuck with you, but, like, it won't be legal. They can fuck with you. They just probably won't. Because there is a guy who, like, claims to just 
be his own independent nation, right. and they just like, oh, well, it doesn't like this. There's no negative impact on the U.S. to let this man think that, so they just haven't done anything about it. But like, you know, I hope Gigi's loud enough in this weather. I have that, you know, I, I use a I'm using a tone of voice that is like on a different channel from the rain. You know, oh. it's like so you're cutting through that. Cutting through that. No, you're you're good. Do you have a favorite anime? Yeah, you used to like, um, what's the name of that? Akira. Oh, hell yeah, we, we just watched watch Samurai, Samurai Shampoo, and then uh, there's another one that I like. Can really. I sit with you for a minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you tell me what you think about Akira? Because we just did it for our last podcast episode. We watched it and reviewed it. Mm. So, like, your review would go great. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, what, is, what did you think about it overall? Well, like, the message. As, as far as, well, I, 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 it's been a long time since I've watched sure. it. But what I like about the message, well, I mean, what I like about the the, the, the way it's it's drawn, is it's, it's the uh, the lining, yeah, and the, uh, the the coloring. It's not too strong. It's just subtle. Yeah. I like and the palette a lot too. Right, right. So and I also many. like uh, Sento Chihiro. Sento Chihiro is basically yeah. spirited away. That is a good storyline. Okay. It's very trippy. Right. It's very like the dreamlike sequence is what most of the content is based on. Right. I guess it's just to convey what happens when we overindulge and it becomes a nightmarish yet visceral experience. Visceral in terms of how we can live through our nightmare and then learn a lesson from it. And then the part that got me the most was how it mixed a little bit of of quirky horror and people turning into pigs while eating the ramen. And then just like a parallel universe. Which is set, of course, set in, in a very modern yet parallel uh, universe of. Basically, a parallel universe of um, rural Japan and modern Japan. So when yeah. they were driving like a modern European car and then they, they parked somewhere and then the little girl got lost and her parents just completely. Everybody I spread didn't around. I notice the detail of it being like a European car. Yeah, it's a, it was an Audi. It was a red Audi. So it's like they're going back into the past. Yeah, it was a red Audi. Exactly. Was, huh. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. interesting. Eventually, we'd love to go to Japan. Uh, this is basically like our travel vlog podcast variety well, show. And well, it'll I'll build up plenty to of tips as to where to go. And, uh, I'd love to get your number. Oh, yeah, sure, man. Because I lived in Nagoya and I studied design engineering. That's amazing. So I, I did some work with a professor who uh, on, on a banana paper project. Right. My case study was banana paper project studies. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, what's your name? Riley. Riley. Nice yeah. to meet you, R-I-L-E-Y. Daniel. R-A-L-E-Y. R-I-L-E-Y. R-I-L-E-Y. Yeah. Mint. Mint. Like, nice like to meet you. Me. I like yeah. it. Digi. Digi. Mr. Digi, you're not showing us. Bird, like the end. Bird, nice to meet you. you. I like that. You guys have this nice artsy vibe. Thank you. I'm Thank digging you. it, man. Yeah. You guys would do good in Austin, too. Austin is very quirky. I like You've it. You've got to go down there. I love to draw. Us too. There you go. I love to draw myself, so. That's so awesome. Rain. She's a full time artist. Uh, I'm a podcast producer for an LA based show that makes okay. 20K a month. Nice. It's like a big Patreon podcast. Famous YouTuber and Birds are cook. Oh, he's man. the best cook like, ever. His dad grew up running five star restaurants in LA. Oh, man. So he's like our personal oh, chef. Oh, so you guys lived in California. You're out of California. He did. I grew up there. Nice. I'm from Arkansas, born uh-huh. there, but grew up in Nevada and then okay. traveling. And then did you? Virginia. Most. Okay. So my yeah. Um, Washington. We're all Washington. from all over. Yeah. It's Washington like State. That. Yes. Oh man, I I've loved I'd love to go there. I'm from Haiti originally. I lived okay. in Miami and I used to go to a lot a lot to Winwood. Winwood is a very art district artsy right. district. 
Uh, they have a, a lot of walls with, um, of course, a lot of murals, and it's basically pop graffiti art right. mixed with uh, modern uh, form of um, metaphysical art. Yeah. Okay, a lot of it is um, blended with cartoony Japanese inspired uh, anime uh, characters, um, video game inspired characters as well, and then they, they, they blend that and then they uh, fuse it with a lot of. Stock graffiti with European flair. Right. It's very well. That sounds awesome. Oh man, you have to go. And then the food scene is great there. There's there's a nice club scene, bar scene. Let me say that. You are going to be. You won't want to leave. Right. I can't wait to talk oh, about man. more with you. Definitely. So you said Riley. Riley. R I L E Y. Hired him from a prop you are department. Joking me. Yeah, it's on mix is my great uncle. Oh. He was a pallbearer for Wyatt Earp. Oh man. Oh okay, okay, okay. Um, I remember. Um, Watching a bit of a, a spaghetti western, like Sukiyaki right. Western Jungle. Yeah, that was yeah. I forgot the name of the actor, but I we saw have to a little watch bit. That. Yeah, Quentin western Tarantino jungle. was in it as an actor. Oh, in interesting. A Japanese, yeah, it's uh, like a recall like, to, to to spaghetti western. Like the Sergio yeah. Leone stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like it's, a, almost a parody. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a little ridic- yeah. ridiculed, but the, because of the lighting, yeah. the acting is a little over, overly a little bit right. overkill, but. Yeah. It still um, harkens to the, the the type of inspiration that the Japanese are a fan of yeah. uh, of American pop Western yeah. culture, no, especially totally. the type of. You've plugged me about it before because I'm always watching westerns. So. Right. right there, you go. There you go. That's awesome. I'm glad we came and said oh, something to you. Oh, you see that? That's serendipitous, man. I'm telling Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I'll see talk that? to you later, Daniel. Thank you. Yeah, We're you gonna go talk safe. to more people. Have a merry Christmas. Yes, merry too, Christmas. Happy New Year. Be safe. Yes. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'll be in touch. Take care. Yeah. All right. Be safe. All right. And that is why I'm the producer of the Nick Show. You can't do that. You can't do it. <laughs> hey, Bird, do you have a void thought? Oh, uh, all these lights, man. How? How, like, how are they on? Do you think... This is how. People are, what, working on Christmas and left lights on? Or do you think they left lights on to look like they're working on Christmas, or what? Uh, how? Man, salad? Do you have any void thoughts for us? Trees are, they spring out, like out of the center, like fractals. Trees and fractals. Trees and and fractals. 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 Yeah. Okay. That's what Yig Studio is named for, the fractal nature of trees. The, cool. the world tree, the Yig, Yggdrasil, in Norse mythology. Mythology? Family story. Yeah. Merry Christmas. It does look fun. Does anyone want to debate about anime? Void thought. The camera adds 250 pounds. Not 10, not 20, not 50. Last episode of Void Gazers, the first episode of Void Gazers, I realized that sitting in that chair on our set back home, I look fat as hell. So, gotta stop being fat. Started eating less, started working out a little bit, started drinking a lot of water, instead of, you know, sodas and shit like that. I've always been a little bit overweight because I've done things like wrestling and football where that's encouraged uh, and because I've done sports on the other end of it when I was younger like track and basketball where it's encouraged to be as small as you can be uh, and so like to fluctuate between those things isn't new to me in ninth grade 
10th grade, I think I was like 340 pounds. Uh, my, my peakest point at any point was 8th grade, 360. That was insane. That was too much. That's like 400-pound guy. I'm always going to have these fucking man tits about it, too, probably. But if I can uh, <clears throat> tone back down to 180, I'll be happy. Earlier this year, my peak plumbness hit about 280. Uh, right now, I'm about 235. So I'll be happy if I'm 180, 190 going into the next year. That's the goal. The void thought is that cameras reveal to you a degree of separation in which you should be functioning to maintain your appearance. If you look fat on camera, it means you're really fat in real life. You know, if you look really skinny on camera, it probably means you're really skinny in real life. You need to adjust for that. You need to understand what the camera actually does add to your weight. Um, and then it's a great way to keep yourself in check or something. An audience is a funny thing to have because your audience often simultaneously wants you to be you who they want to exist or want to be, but also to be them. Or at least to be like, you know, on level with them. In order for me to do the things I do, I have to be in the right state of mind. And getting into that state of mind requires abnormal circumstances. The kinds of things I do, and like, and even including like anime analysis videos. If you know the content I do, you know that I've never done like traditional like content that is built out of the desire to make a show. You know, like as opposed to just the desire to express an opinion about something that is, you know, inside of you. And, like, regardless of if that is even valuable or is it worth funding the existence of someone like me for the product I put out to exist and, you know, for me to make demands that my life has to be a certain way, it has to be different from, like, normal people's lives because I need those unique circumstances to make these kinds of things. Like, at what point do does the audience sort of, you know, say, well, who are you? Or, like, well, what is this content that you need to be so special or whatever, you know? And, uh, I don't know. <laughs> there is no answer to that. But, like, for me, it's like, I want to be able to do things the way that I've always been trying to do them, which is, like, make what I want to make because I'm inspired to make it, you know, because it's gratifying. Like, it is fun in and of itself to make the kind of content I want to make. It's really difficult to make the audience, like understand my excitement over what I'm doing if they don't connect with it immediately on the basis of some kind of shared understanding, where, like, the majority of my audience is anime fans. It's easy for them to understand why they're going to enjoy an anime video from me because they care about anime, inherently. Um, they don't inherently care about anything else I might have to talk about, um, and my excitement over it doesn't necessarily translate unless I can literally explain to them in terms that they can understand, and, like, my audience being as it is, people who came to me for analytical content, for the most part, they need analytical content to understand my other content that is not inherently appealing to them. I find myself always in this position of feeling like there's definitely an audience for everything that I want to do, but I have to find that audience individually every time 
unless I want to literally have to mass convert everyone who follows me into being interested in the next thing I'm into. And, like, I know how that goes. Like, I moved from pony to anime, and even doing the exact same type of content, still doing analytical content, I burned away the vast majority of my audience, you know, and had to build it back up basically from scratch as an anime YouTuber. If it wasn't for the fact that people don't usually unsubscribe from a channel, you know, like, I would have looked like I had shrunk massively, you know, but I didn't look that way because of the fact that, you know, I still had tons of subscribers even when my view counts plummeted. It's interesting to me that my views are healthier now than they were when I started doing anime content, but they're not as healthy as they were at the height of my anime content, obviously, and a big part of it is that my anime audience got to a size where when I boiled it down to just that essential element of people who will follow everything I do, it was just that much bigger than it was the first time. But I definitely think that I'm at a point where, like, if you're still paying me, if you're still keeping up with my content, you're definitely somebody who is just, like, really interested in me and my existence, and I want it to be that way because I, again, I want to be able to do all the things I'm interested in and bring those things to people. And, like, the older I get, the more I feel that... You know, young people consume media in a way that is to sort of reify their identity. They they constantly need, um, like, a reinforcement to help them to understand themselves. You know, for me, like, when I was a teenager, I threw myself into watching cute girls doing cute things shows because I wanted to be a woman doing cute things and, like, not living the life I was living at all, you know? And... I didn't really understand that in exactly those terms. It wasn't so clear-cut to me. But, like, it was very important to me. Like, my world was centered around this type of media to the point that I'm, like, defending it online and writing all this analysis about it and, like, caring all this much about this thing that now, you know, as an adult, I don't, like, feel any drive to need to watch those shows anymore. Maybe because I'm living a lifestyle that I'm satisfied with and don't feel the need to escape into anime, but also just because, like, I understand what the core value in watching those shows is, and, like, if I did need to watch them or need to feel that way, it's, like, a thing I can do as opposed to something that, like, I have to do, you know? And, like, the older I get, the more I appreciate that, like, the young people are very important to you know, my audience because they're the people who are going to get the most out of what I say and they're the people who I'm going to, like, reach the most deeply. But they're the least capable of actually keeping me alive. I don't have, like, a powerful support network of friends and, like, associates business-wise, you know? Like, I have lots of people who are in the same boat that I am of being, like, independent creators who have other independent creator friends, but none of us really have industry ties. None of us have, like, that depth of connection that would allow you to continue to just exist in the industry when your cult of personality is, you know, no longer relevant. Ordinarily, people like me would be in a position where if we wanted to fall back from the limelight, we would go into a production role. That's not something that would be impossible for me, but I don't have connections. I'm not in that industry. There's no reason I would suddenly be... Like, I would have to build up my reputation as a producer just as much as I had to build up my reputation as anything else, you know? Like, so for me, I I look at it like if I'm trying to maintain the idea that, like, my existence is sustained because I am, like, 
just worthwhile and cool and the stuff I provide is interesting and people want to see this kind of thing, then, like, I have to be accessible to young people and be able to, you know, have that same impact on them that I want to have. But, like, I also need to be relatable and have, like, adult friends and people around who, like, you know, who know what they're doing a little bit more and are trying to help me not because they're like, oh, I'm a huge fan of your work and I watch every video you make, but because they're like, I think that the impact you have on the world is positive and I want you to be able to keep having that impact. And like, I think that I spent so much time being kind of like a internet asshole. It never should have happened because... Anybody who knows me knows I'm, like, chill as fuck and basically, like, very easy to get along with and uh, extremely passive. And, like, it's weird that, you know, just because of the fact that the few times I did pop off, I popped off so fucking hard that, like, I gained this reputation of being, like, aggressive or, or hard to talk to or contact or being, like, above it all or being, like... There was something somebody said to me one time where they were, like... They just thought that I would be hard to impress, I think. And, like, the reality is I'm impressed with anybody who has, like, the courage to even speak to me because I wouldn't have the courage to speak to somebody, you know? Like, especially if you're a younger person, like, I wouldn't have reached out to anybody I admired or, like, you know, sought that kind of guidance. And that's a huge mistake from me. Um, So this is me now speaking to the young people once again. You know, do try – like – there are lots of people who are going to blow you off and not have time for you, but like, you know, um, in basically all matters of life, the, the the best way to get results is to keep trying, you know, like blunt force until you find the thing that you are looking for. Like if you're basing your whole identity off of like there's one internet personality that I like super adore and like if they fucking didn't like me, it would crush my world. It's like, well, okay – that person became the way that they are by having lots of people that they draw from who, uh, you know, inspired them and lots of connections and people they can talk to. And so you're never going to be like them if you only listen to them. Um, you need to get your own people to listen to your own variety in your life. Um, yeah, cool. Now, if you're older and you heard that sagacious wisdom and you're nodding your head like, wow, I gotta show this to my. I gotta show that quote to my kids. I'm not gonna show them any of the other part of the video with all the drug use, but I'm gonna clip that and show it. Show it to my children. Uh, then pay me on Patreon or OnlyFans, whatever. Give me money. Well, we're gonna do all the void thoughts, right? So you could do forgetting void thoughts. Forgetting void thoughts. A vocalist named Mike Patton, who some of you have probably heard of. He's very influential, um, and he. He talked one time about how he just has recording devices all over his house going at all times. So any time he has a musical idea, he could just shout it into the air and uh, and then, you know, go back through and remember it. And the only reason I never set anything like this up is that, A, it takes a lot of data. Uh, B, you'd have to put, you know, mics in literally, like, every room to make sure you always got it. And C, you'd have to go back through all the fucking shit you recorded. And I, I don't know if I actually believe that he, like you know, goes back through everything and finds all that shit again. Like, I don't know. I kind of feel like the strong ideas have to survive, you know? Like, there are songs I've had stuck in my head since I was 16 that I wrote. There are songs that I've had stuck in my head for, like, a couple years, you know? Like, there's some that... 
most of the songs I actually make they go from concept to completion almost instantly but um, you know there are some that just sit in my mind forever and so I kind of feel like if it's uh, if it's not strong enough to, to stay in your mind it wasn't worth it in the first place you know it wouldn't have been worth writing down so like any kind of shows I've done, I always have, you know, things that are similar to Void Thoughts, uh, and sometimes they make it to video, sometimes they don't. I don't even necessarily know if it has to do with the quality of the ideas, or if it's just that Park I don't throw. really think any ideas Park are Park is at 11. Park is at 11? Yeah. What time is it now? Okay. 10 minutes. It closes in 10 minutes. Um, time's it now? Well, it's it got 10, 10 minutes. minutes. It closes in 10 minutes. Oh, it says 11 now. Oh, then we're... It's close.